Hi, I'm John. And I'm Paul. And this is the Minute Podcast. If you give a mouse a cookie, I'm pretty sure he'd write a book. But give us 60 seconds of footage and we'll tell you where to look. With a concept this simplistic, it's hard to say if it'll last. But give us just a minute and we'll give you a podcast. The Minute Podcast. Great, thanks for joining us for another episode. As you probably know by now, the Minute Podcast is a weekly conversation between John and myself where we review a listener-submitted minute of content, either from a movie, a TV show, or somewhere else on the internet. John, what are we looking at today? Uh, Today we're discussing a minute from The Killers, specifically minute 1 hour 11 minutes and 37 seconds in, and this is submitted by Katie Jane. Excellent. And this week's episode is, well... John, I know you didn't want us to roll this out yet, but but I really think we should. Um, by the newest podcast that you and I are hosting on the Minimum Fun Network. Okay. It's called Strangers, Then Fiction. It's a weekly show where we interview a stranger for the first half of the podcast, and then the three of us read a work of fiction together. <laughs> this week, we're interviewing Sandra Marshall from Newport, Iowa, and reading the novelization of Time Cop. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. Um. Did we work out yet? Uh, did, did we, I thought we put a pin in this one because we couldn't, I, well, I couldn't convince you that reading an entire novel on air mm. was not necessarily good radio. It's also not legal probably, but. Uh, well, I, yes, <laughs> that's absolutely true. In any case, keep an eye out on the Minimum Fun Network for Strangers, then Fiction. All right. Okay, so, Paul, let's address our level of familiarity with The Killers. Um, I remember first hearing them in uh, probably, like, the mid-2000s. When was your first mm-hmm. experience uh, with The Killers? <laughs> you know, uh, I-, I listened to them a fair amount in uh, late later half of high school, but the- for the movie The Killers, uh, this one, I-, I haven't seen it. I know nothing about it. Oh, crap, Paul, this is a movie? <laughs> Shit, Sean, did you watch the wrong minute? Uh, I just thought we were supposed to listen to the killers for a minute. I don't. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll talk. We're gonna we'll pause, talk about them at the end of the We're gonna pause real quick, and then I'm gonna watch this clip, and then we're gonna come okay. back. Okay. Radio magic. All right, we're back. All right. So, so what, what's your level of familiarity with this clip, then, John? Uh, well, I've never seen it until about five seconds ago. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. Awesome. Uh, so we're both coming in at about zero. <laughs> For the movie The Killers, a quick intro to the scene. We see a man snooping around in what appears to be the room of a boarding house. Um, He's then distracted by another man entering the building, chatting with the landlady, and then coming up the stairs. And then the snooping man hides in the adjoining room and is sort of listening. And that's where the minute ends. All right. Um, So what do you think about doing a script read, Paul? I guess we should for this one. Yeah. Right. Um. How about I'll be the landlady and the environmental noises, and you can be <laughs> Mr. Brightside. Okay. Yep. Sounds okay, great. Sounds good. <clears throat> I'm Mr. Brightside. Coming out of my. <clears throat> okay. Here we go. <clears throat> Buzz. Buzz. What is it? Got any rooms? Just one. Can I see it? This way, upstairs. Just got in town. Fellow that runs the lunchroom down the street said you had a rumor here. Name of Lund. Something like that. Said he died. Thought the room might still be empty. Still is empty. This is it. That'll do. It's 
$9 a week in advance. Wow, you were kind of a perturbed landlady there. (laughs) I think she was a little bit perturbed. I think this is a landlady who has had to institute this in advance policy Yeah, because of some experience that she's had. Because people keep dying on her? Is that it? Oh, actually, maybe. I mean... I didn't think that before. Yeah. But anyway, John, what is your initial response to this minute? We should say um, black and white movie, very noir, 1942, I think. Yeah, it, it's it's tray noir. Uh, I love all the lighting in this, and I think that the thing that I personally took out of this the, the most would have to be how amazing the camera work is. Hmm. Um, like, so we follow the snooping guy, Snoopy, if you will. We follow him uh, we, as, we will, yeah. as he finds um, bullet holes in the uh, in in the wall, hidden by a like <laughs> what a rug? Like is it's it, a rug? Yeah. yeah, it's good to see that, that that trend didn't just you know originate in colleges. <laughs> mm. um, apparently, also horrible boarding houses also had this sort of trend. Um, so it's a rug on the wall that's covering up like three bullet holes. I would say four bullet holes. And There's at least five. There, oh, five. Jeez. Wow. Uh, and so we like, don't see all of them. Yeah. And so like he he then hears the do- the doorbell buzz and then slowly walks into another room, knowing full well that that somebody was going to come look into that room. Uh, and mm. and the entire thing is a single shot. So like the camera sort of like follows him in front of him, like watching him as he walks into this door that you as the audience member don't see. Uh, mm. and I don't know, I thought it was really nice and smooth and, and unexpected for an older movie like this. It, it is, and I agree, but it's not a single shot. I'm pretty sure we do jump to his view of looking out of the door when he cracks it open oh, to yes. watch the other guy walking up the stairs, but you're right, there is a really cool single shot um, yeah. effect within the minute. Yeah, the whole, the whole scene is a single shot, but that, but that little, yeah. like, bit of it is. Um, and then, yeah, and then the guy comes up, uh, he turns off the light which is awesome like i love those sort of like little details and like crime thrillers and stuff whenever you see like somebody with like a little bit of know-how in snooping or or you know a little gumshoe knowledge or something uh Mm -hmm. and and the little tricks that will be included in in like their snooping or whatever like for instance making sure that if you peek out of a door that the light is off in the room that you're peeking from because, you know, they'd be able to see the light coming from inside your room, right? I don't think I'd ever think of that. Like, <laughs> John, I don't think either of us would do well as either a um, police officer or a private detective or whatever this guy's role is exactly. But the first question that really came to me from this minute is, whatever happened to boarding houses? Um... Can we agree that this is a boarding house as opposed to like a hotel or anything like that? I guess, yeah. I would say I would say it's definitely a boarding house, but the room that he's in looks like a pretty significant apartment. I think maybe the major difference is that um, people and uh, men in particular are now expected to, uh, you know, fend and and feed themselves uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to like in maybe the nineteen forties where they would have, like, cafeterias and stuff, and, and, like, men were just expected to have a room rather than, like, I right, guess... Right, they go to the lunchroom down the street. Exactly. So there's a lot more, yeah. like, shared facilities and stuff. Whereas now, if you don't have, yeah. like, a kitchen, 
you're seen as like uh, I don't know in desperate in desperate times. Like I I don't personally feel that way. I feel like you know you know in life there's all sorts of different ways to live, but uh, sure. I, I think that like that probably is part of it. Like the the quote unquote American dream has just expanded to the point where even the bare minimum apartment now involves for the most part a kitchen of some variety or like some ability at to least cook. of some variety yeah yeah so uh two things i want to dig into a little bit there john the first is you say it's a pretty significant apartment um wh- why do you say that um well okay so i don't know where this is set it feels like okay film noir right it's either set in la or new york maybe chicago and okay. all of those places like if this was a boarding room I feel like I feel like it would be much smaller, like just literally a bed in a chest of drawers. Whereas, like the camera, you know, the guy walks across a pretty like large size room. Um, I don't know. Then again, nine dollars a day that that just seems off to me. It seems like they needed room to fit the camera in. <laughs> well, it's nine dollars a week. Oh, nine dollars a week. Yeah, nine dollars a day. In, in advance, John. In advance. Yeah, in advance. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. the uh, The other thing I wanted to raise is. This is a very popular boarding house. Yeah. And we know that because Mr. Brightside learns in town that someone has literally just died in this room. Mm -hmm. So there's a vacancy and he's excited. He's coming in and ostensibly really wants to rent this room. Hmm. Even though someone just died in it. Uh, I think that's going to fit into my my theory for this. Um, it, it fits into mine as well, but but it does make me wonder where this is set, how reputable of an establishment is this? Maybe $9 a week is really a great deal, so she's used to having people like always trying to get rooms. Maybe <laughs> maybe it's a really popular boarding house. Yeah, uh, and uh, who doesn't love a few like air holes poked in the side of the room, right? Well, let, let's talk about that a little bit, John. Okay. Um, I really like the fact that they're just hidden behind this uh, rug on the wall. Oh, yeah. And it raises a lot of questions for me. I mean, first, is this just their way of covering up the holes because they don't want to do a proper, like, patch job? Or are they trying to cover up a murder Mm -hmm. in this boarding house? I mean, it's common knowledge that the murder happened. So are they just covering up part of the evidence? Or is this just how they're hiding it, you know, so that their other customers don't see it? And does that mean this is a really crappy boarding house i mean i don't know how much yeah. was nine dollars a week in 1942 assuming this was actually set around then so there's a few now this is kind of a theory but not really but there's a few different scenarios mm-hmm. that this could be it could be uh he was murdered in the room with uh, through with bullets and then that that blanket was uh put up to hide it uh sure. and then his body was dumped someplace else, so and and the room was cleaned up. So there's no reason for her to suspect that he was murdered in that room. Oh, you know that's a good point because we hear Mister Brightside say that the fellow was murdered, but we don't hear him say that he say was murdered inside of his here. room. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then there's True. also the fact that maybe those bullet holes have nothing to do with how the or like specifically the mode in which the gentleman was murdered, but rather sure. the like maybe he had like shot through the wall because we don't know what's on the other side of this wall and i I think that that's going to be one of the biggest things in terms of like understanding what happens in this is like what is on the other side of that wall is a room like an empty room or is it possibly like open space like is it possible that he's like shooting through this wall into another building or something like that 
um, yeah, or vice versa. I, I don't know how likely that is. And now that you've mentioned the, the holes again, I've been thinking about it more. I think it's pretty likely he was murdered in the room because, Probably. or at least they would have heard the gunfire. The other boarders would have heard it. We see it's a multi-floor establishment. The landlady presumably lives here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. And then there's also, there's also the fact that like, they look like bullet holes and I'm like 99% sure they're bullet holes, but they could also just be like weird peepholes. Uh, you know, it, it's true. And I, one interesting thing for me about the holes is that uh, Snoopy physically touches each of the holes as if to check that they're really holes, not like <laughs> drawn on. Or yeah. I'm not sure why he's physically touching each maybe, of them. Maybe if there were bullets inside, he'd be able to feel. It's possible. I guess it depends on how deeply they went into the wall. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, it. I, I also feel like maybe it's just a camera technique to get us to draw our eyes towards the holes rather than just be like what what's happened like why did he do that like you know that, that's possible especially since the scenes in black and white well the whole yeah. movie presumably uh yeah drawing attention <laughs> to a dark a darker dot on the wall yeah Could no about halfway in uh was it snoopy takes some peyote and it goes into like a alice in, not an alice in wonderland a wizard of oz sort of like now in now does, in just uh, technically yeah does, does peyote play a significant role in film noir in your experience uh i mean is this taking place in la i feel like i feel like it could could do well we should look into that i feel like uh a reefer does uh and the associated madness but i feel like peyote is more likely to turn uh black and white movie color uh i don't know no, why true. but it's just in my well especially in film noir i don't think you'd be exploring any of the colorful potential things you could do with um pot you would just be showing reefer madness and exactly. dead children yeah um but bef before we get off the topic of the bullet holes entirely i'm wondering a little bit so uh, so presumably we will both have theories as to why snoopy thought to look under the um rug on the wall mm -hmm. but i'm wondering have you ever looked behind or underneath or dislodged anything in a hotel ever to see if there was anything behind it um I mean, I think I've moved picture frames before, but I think that's because, like, for the most part, I'm not entirely unlikely to, like, knock a picture frame out of out of whack in a hotel mm. room, because I don't know okay. where any of them are until I, I most likely knock into them. Sure. Uh, and so, like, you know, sometimes I'll, like, maybe even knock... I think I've knocked one off the wall before. Not It didn't shatter or anything, but it just, right. you know... I was to, was I there anything it behind it? Nope, it was, uh, I mean, it might have been slightly discolored behind it, because, you know, no UV, uh, right. or less UV light getting to it. Um, but no, there wasn't anything behind it. How about you, Paul? You ever... You know, I, I haven't. I've heard stories, um, well, I think it was in a movie, actually, where there was secret hotel art for, like, <laughs> long-term hotel residents hidden behind the art that's on the wall. <laughs> so you take it down, there'd be, like, a beautiful hand-sketched dog or something, but... <laughs> I've the never finest done it. of um, hand sketch dogs. Yeah, and I never remember to look while I'm in a hotel. Hmm. No. There's something Maybe about even even apartments I've lived in. There's something about if I didn't put something there, like if I live with other people or I live in a semi furnished apartment or something. Mm hmm. If I didn't put it there, chances are I'm not going to touch it. Uh. Yeah, I, I probably yeah. Yeah, true. and 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 I think part of that's like. I don't necessarily want to know how long it's been sitting there unoccupied or like, 
you know, mm, true unused. And the other thing is, like, I don't know who wants, you know, that there or what they want. Because, like, a, a lot of the times, like, when I move into a place where other people are living or have, have been living, uh, uh, I've, I'll think about, like, which one of us put this up and, and or, like, you know, which one of us actually put this here? Mm-hmm. Did any of us put this here or did we all just assume that one of us put it here and it's just been here the whole time? painting was inside of you all along maybe, exactly you know. huh. well s- skipping off of that a little bit because i'm never going to remember to actually look behind a hotel painting um, <laughs> can we make a decision as to whether or not this is a nice boarding house overall um i don't think it is i think i think it's uh i think it's nice in the sense that it seems to have large rooms but nothing right. it seems pretty scarce uh like the walls seem i mean they have holes in them <laughs> the neighbors are snoopy. Mm, true, true. I feel like uh I feel like a lot of it is just um you know I, I guess like there's curtains on the walls and stuff. I don't know. Like I don't know what a normal living space in the nineteen forties looks like enough to be able to tell. Uh the wallpaper seems to be relatively intact. What it, do you it think? It seems Paul? To, and this is something that I always struggle with um when looking at any black and white film at all is I'm not at all used to assessing if something looks nice in black and white. Like, is this wallpaper really classy or is it kind of grody? Uh, is the lamp on the table really cool like we saw two clips ago? Or is it <laughs> really gross and dirty? I mean, I, I have a hard time assessing that in a black and white piece. Yeah. I mean, like, I suppose one of the things that we can tell with the bullet holes is that, like, the none of the uh, wallpaper is peeling around them. Like, it's clear that they're kind of fresh. True, Because, like, you know, in a humid city or, like, someplace with a lot of humidity, you know, that would get in there and the glue would start dissolving a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. So maybe it is a nice boarding house. I mean, the the doors seem painted well. It's nice enough also that they bothered to cover up the bullet holes. True. And the landlady's really attentive to the doorbell, at least. I mean, it could be a decent place. Yeah. No. Interesting. Yeah, I've got I've got one, maybe two more things here, John. The first is um do you think that the two rooms that we see Snoopy go through are separate boarding rooms, like they're for separate patrons? I I've been wondering this too. And I'm also wondering like if this is his room mm-hmm. uh that I'm, he walks I'm into. Pre- yeah. I'm pretty sure that they're supposed to be separate rooms for different patrons, mostly yeah. because when Mr. Brightside goes into the other room, he says, she says, this is the room and he says, it'll do. Yeah. So that, that's assessing the whole space he's renting. Exactly. But the weird question for me then is why does Snoopy's room have such easy access to Mr. Brightside's? Um, I'm kind of wondering if this isn't, if the room he's in, is he in a room or is it like a bathroom or a shared space or something like that? There's a bed in it. There's a bed so in it? So I'm pretty sure it's a uh, room. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's gotta be a room, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could see it just being like, it's an older building and therefore, you know, an older Victorian building built like 30, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, well, and maybe, I, I th- maybe it was never yeah, intended I think, John, to be that. That explains, that explains why the door would exist right but the fact that he's able to operate it from his side that it's not like always locked and no one has the key true 
Because there, there is a lock in the door. I think we can see it. Yeah, I think you can see it. And it's either a lock or a key. I'm not really sure. Um, right. And it's on Mr. Uh, it's on Mr. Snoopy's side here. That's true. So, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's to keep the other guy out of Mr. Snoopy's room. Maybe he paid more, so he gets the control. I don't know. Either way, it's going to play into my theories, John. the uh, The last question for my end is: Do you think all three of these characters are human? <laughs> yes. Or are they dancer? <laughs> Excellent joke about the killers. Thanks, everyone. Um, Very good, Paul. What, what what else do you have, John, for this uh, this segment? Anything? Um, I don't really have anything else. Like, I I kind of wish we had better looks at um the faces of everybody other than Mister Snoopy. Because, True. like, Mr. Snoopy's face gives a lot of, like, he's acting pretty hard here. Like, I, I like mm-hmm. how, you know, there's a lot of anticipation in where he's looking. There's a lot of, like, uh, you know, his emotion on his sleeve and that sort of stuff. But sure. the landlady, we get, like, a flash of, like, her face, sort of. So we get kind of an idea of what she looks like, but you can't tell any, like, emotion or anything out of it. Um, we can tell that the uh, guy... What is it? The renter, Mr. Brightside, he's um, mm. young-ish uh, and well-dressed, I guess, maybe? Seems to be. Although, uh, in this time period, I think you wore a suit kind of no matter what, so... Yeah, it's difficult to say. Yeah, but his hat doesn't look, like, disheveled. Like, he doesn't look, like, well, Yeah, yeah. again, stereotypically, like, homeless or something like that. Um, he's wearing a True. tie, and I don't know. Like, I could see it being, like, you know something very different otherwise but yeah no, you're definitely right about that well john normally i feel like i'm the one who gives the theory first for what i think's happening okay. so i think you should do it first this week no problem uh i think that so i think that mr uh mr snoopy here is a, a detective uh and i okay. think that he's trying to work out um, something related to the man that was murdered here. I don't think that he's specifically trying to solve uh, the man's murder. I feel like I can infer from the title of the movie that maybe he's after a professional killer. Um, so maybe mm-hmm. he's trying to uh, find someone who's like a hitman or something like that. It feels kind okay. of film noir-y. So maybe he's after somebody who killed somebody... It, like this guy has killed multiple people and he's been, you know, brought in to find this guy for one of them, but not this one person who died here. Uh, if that makes any sense. Um, cause he doesn't seem particularly, um, prepared for this. This feels like a, a, a less, uh, like, like sort of like he came here and he had this opportunity to find, uh, find the bullet holes and stuff like that. And like, look at the room after he found out this connection or something. And so now he's finally here near the end of the movie and, and he's closer than ever before. And I think he's going to, um, I think that the guy who's renting this room might be the, the killer, the hitman or something like that, uh, or connected to him in some way. And maybe he's renting the room to cover up, uh, what he did. Maybe get rid of the bullet holes, something like that. Sure. It's very plausible. Uh, I think I would watch that movie. Yeah, and I, I think that now he's he's going to come in here, and uh, did I, I saw a gun holster on Snoopy, right? Yep. Yeah, uh, and so like I think he's going to pull out a gun and try and, like, if this guy comes in here, I think he's going to ambush him or something. 
the thing I don't know and that I want your input on is, do you think the landlady knows that Snoopy's here? Um, or is he, did right. he sneak in here himself? I think Snoopy's renting the adjoining room. Okay, so Snoopy's in here, and it's it's interesting because, like, there's even, like, a pinned note next to the door that says stop. I'm not really sure what it's supposed to... Um, but that's not related to this. I just noticed it for the first time. Um, anyway, so, like, Snoopy and stuff, I think he's going to ambush him, and I think it's going to turn out badly. Like, I, I think this guy is a professional killer, and he's going to know what to do. Um much more than Snoopy will. Mm, okay. And plus, like, Snoopy's just such a young-looking guy, right? Like, he's, what, like, 33 at the most? Mm-hmm. Kind of disheveled. Like, you can tell he's been through a lot already. Maybe he got in the runaround a few times. Uh, I think that's about it. I think he's. I think it's going to go poorly, but in the end, Snoopy's going to come away victorious, but only after, like, getting shot maybe once or something. Okay, sure. So how about you, Paul? What do you think? Chicago, 1942. <laughs> Private investigator Snoopy has left the police force six years ago after his partner was killed, but that wouldn't make any sense because that doesn't tie back into the rest of my theory. <laughs> Never mind, he got caught up in the voice and it didn't work. Okay. I think um, Snoopy <laughs> is a private investigator. Uh, he left the police force a while ago. His partner stayed on. Um, Snoopy left because he couldn't quite follow the rules, but he also wanted a safer life. It's a weird combination. Mm-hmm. Um, Lund is his former partner from his days on the force, and uh, he's investigating his death because he was killed, and Snoopy doesn't think the police are doing an adequate job in investigating it. Mm. He's rented the adjoining room so that he can sneak in and investigate the scene of the murder without drawing any suspicion thinking that no one's going to want to immediately rent the room of a murdered man. So he also doesn't want to, like, do that and draw attention to himself. And then this um, freak comes in. He's like, yeah, murdered man room. This is my shtick. Well, what I think's happening is that Mr. Brightside is actually working with the landlady. He's a rival PI in the town, and he has ties to the mob. And this is actually a mob boarding house. Mm. And the reason I think that is partially because the landlady's not weirded out that he wants to rent this room immediately, but also because of the way the dialogue goes at the start of the minute. It's it's very direct, it's kind of um, awkward, and seems like if they were putting on a show for the guy in the room. Ah, like, okay. got any rooms? Just one. Can I see it? This way, up the stairs. I just got into town. No, 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 no. I don't know. <laughs> to, to me, it feels very like a script, like, like, and, which I, I get, it is, but it feels like they're putting on a show for Mr. Brightside. I think, so sorry, for uh, Snoopy. Mm-hmm. I think Snoopy thinks he's lying in wait for Mr. Brightside, but both he and the landlady know that he's in the adjoining room mm. and uh, he's in a trap actually, and it's going to go bad. Gotcha. All right. So how do you think it goes bad? Uh, I, I think he just gets captured. Um, tied up and the mob starts to do something to him something not friendly gotcha i don't think it's going to be too graphic Uh, i think he then escapes and probably saves the day or something do you think anybody gets stabbed with scissors in this one we have not seen any scissors yet and we're uh we're at one for one for seeing scissors (laughs) and someone being stabbed stabbed with scissors that's true so i think not all right but i don't know I just didn't know if it was a thing in the 40s. 
You know, it could be, but this does not seem like the sort of boarding house where the rooms come with anything you could steal. Oh, absolutely. Let alone fancy scissors. Especially nothing as valuable as, like, a very sharp set of scissors. That's true. I mean, those... They're kind of invaluable if you've ever needed one. Um, all right, John. So can we recommend this movie then? Uh, I think so. I'm intrigued. I want to see where it goes. I also like the cinematography. Uh, I like the lighting. Mm-hmm. It seems pretty cool. Uh, Snoopy, I'm sold. I like, I like the actor and how and how he's acting, I guess. Um, but uh, like, I, I st- like, I feel like we got very little information with this minute. Uh, and I like that. Like, that's not a problem. It's just like... I, I kind of it makes me want to know more about it. Like the um, mm-hmm. the minute that was uh, the woman in the window, I feel like that was almost th- that was a scene. It was like a, a a pinnacle moment of that movie that I feel like we right. were able to project a lot from. Whereas this well, feels sure, we, like we kind of saw it from start to finish. Yeah, this yeah. feels like a lot of like. Not the MacGuffin, but you know something is is being realized here. Something is coming together here, but we don't know which parts are important. So we're we're mm-hmm. looking at literally everything. Uh, yeah. I mean, for all we know, like he's after this rug, you know, like <laughs> this rug pinned to the wall. Um, so are we, you know, and and that would be fitting for a film noir, I guess. But um, yeah, that's true. It's like amazingly detailed. Turkish rug that he's been paid to retrieve or something. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I, I really hope that's true because then we are both so far off the mark. Yeah, that would be. Well, I'm I'm thinking about it now. I was like, that's way better than my previous idea. Like, <laughs> like the the MacGuffin is instead of like a priceless like Maltese Falcon artifact sort of thing. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's just a Turkish rug, a beautiful Turkish rug. Dirty old rug. That a body was wrapped up in earlier or something like that. That would be funny. Yeah. Alright. Uh so any any last thoughts, Paul? Well, John, you didn't ask me if I also would recommend oh, a minute, and I'm a little shoot. hurt. Dang it. To tell you the truth. I am so sorry, Paul. Uh yeah. frankly I don't care. But Well now I, I don't I don't want to talk about it now. So it's it's fine. part of the format, so you have to. Uh yeah, that's true. Would you recommend yeah, I, I think I think yeah, I, I agree with you. It looks pretty good. I think it, if you like film noir, you should watch it. It's, it's for all we know, it's a very famous film. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think every film noir piece that we've watched so far, uh, I've been like, is this a fa-? like? Have I heard of this before? Like some of them, I have, sort mm. of, but like the woman in the window is the first one that I was like, I I, I don't know if I've ever even heard of this before, but it seems. Like a very like it seems like a legitimately well produced film. Uh, mm-hmm. It just goes to show like how ignorant I feel like I I am with this sort of genre and era, despite the fact John, that like the, I grew up watching nothing but like forties films. John, the fact that neither of us know anything about films or television is the only reason any of this works. So, let's <laughs> just lean into it. Touche. All right. Well, a big thank you to Katie Jane then for submitting another Minute Noir. I guess we could call it that. If you want to submit your own minutes, you definitely should. You should go to the minutepodcast.com, use our contact form. There's a submission form there. It's great. It's easy to do. You should also review, rate, iTunes, that whole spiel. Uh, But email us, theminutepodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at MinutePod. Find us on Facebook or Instagram or we're not on Snapchat, are we? Uh, uh, No. I mean... Okay. And we never will be. God. (laughs) Damn it. 
I, okay. We don't uh, understand Snapchat, so. Certainly not. We're far too old. Um, but as always, um, hosted by Paul Reberg and John Ward, produced by John Ward, theme music by Paul Reberg. Thank you for joining us for another episode this week, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. Bye. Holy crap, you made it to the end. We'll be back next week to do it all again. Until then, be well and be sure to take a minute. The Minute Podcast. <laughs>